0: The story is told of a young man who goes on a date. For a solid hour, he is talking to his female companion all about himself. About his accomplishments, his achievements, about his talents, all about his, his overall general awesomeness. And then finally, after non-stop talking he finally he pauses and he says he says i've been i've been talking all about myself long enough how about now you talk about me (laughs) from the poet letitia elizabeth landon she says tis a strange mystery the power of words life is in them and death A word can send the crimson color hurrying to the cheek, hurrying with many meanings, or it can turn the current cold and deadly to the heart. Anger and fear are in them. Grief and joy are on their sound. Yet slight and impalpable, a word is but a breath of passing air. right a word a word is spoken right the simple indifference of a breath and yet life is in them and death in a word today is about words words matter our words matter and in the Torah, what is this Jesus backstory? And right again, in the same way that each one of us has a backstory. Each one of us has a history of experience, right? Our own and those of generations that have come before, right? All of it forming and shaping who we are today. And in the same way, the Torah tells us the backstory of the life of Jesus, Jesus being the the culmination of the, the, uh, the whole of the Torah. Jesus being the, the fulfillment of the whole of the Torah. And it's here in the Torah. It's here in the Jesus backstory. More specifically, it's here in Parsha Vayeshev. Parsha Vayeshev, that we are reminded that words matter. That our words matter. And so if you have a Bible and would like to, you can turn to Genesis chapter 37, page 28. If you're grabbing a pew Bible, the words will be on the screen behind me. Nodin Parsha travels from Genesis 37 and 1 all the way through to 40 and 23. And again, we're not going to try to pick all that up today. In fact, we're only going to hit the first two verses. And it's here in Genesis 37 and 1, we read these first words. We read, Jacob lived. Now, that can also be translated, Jacob settled. It's the word Vayeshev in Hebrew. It means to, to remain or to inhabit. And in that sense, it's a it's a term of geography. It's a geographical term. In fact, we we catch that in the very next line. It says in the land, right, this geography right in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. But it's not only a geographical term. It also refers to a a set of relationships. A a, a connection of, of relationships. It can mean to dwell, or to abide. And again, we catch that in the very next line, verse 2. It says, this is the account of Jacob's family line. What is a story then of relationships? Right, the, the relationships that are within the, the family of Jacob. In fact, the very next line then begins to move us into that space. It, it begins, Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers. And so again, straight off, right? The, the text dives into relationships, specifically here, Joseph and, it says, his brothers, noting there were 12 brothers, one sister, Dinah, 12 brothers. And here we read they're, they're together, they're out in the field. It says, tending the flocks. And, and so here, Joseph, he's been out in the field, and now he heads back to the house, and we read, and he brought, and he brought to his father, he brought to Jacob a bad report about them. Now, in many respects, these two verses are kind of dull. They're kind of uninteresting. This is kind of a mundane sort of passage, especially as it relates to the rest of Parsha Vayeshev, which according to author Ellen Frankel, as she describes it, is like a fairy tale with all the right ingredients. Reversals of fate, villains, a prince in disguise. And that's not to mention there's kidnapping, there's jealousy, there's scandal. And then she says, and a happy ending. And so it can be really easy when we get to something like Parsha Vayeshev and to skip right over this, these first couple of verses and kind of get to the, the intrigue. Right? The, the, the scandal and, and the cheating. And yet it's settled into these opening lines. What is one of only two instances in the Hebrew Scriptures in the Old Testament where we read of someone speaking what is called Lashon Hara. It gets translated here as a bad report. Some translations say an evil report. The term is loosely translated as a rumor, as gossip. In a, kind of the full context of Lashon Hara, it is speech that is derogatory or, or harmful. And according to one midrash, Zenarena, a midrash is, well, it's two things. One, it's a kind of a mode of interpretation. Another is that it it's jewish literature that that interprets and elaborates on a particular text and so in this one midrash we read it is one of joseph's key missteps that leads to many problems now the point is that we don't really know what this bad report is the text does not tell us anything about what's in this bad report but according to this midrashic text we find there that it reads "Joseph, Joseph was therefore punished in due course with these three things that that the Jewish scholarship tells us that there were basically three things that he did and it goes on to say because he Joseph had accused them meaning his brothers of eating a live animal his brothers killed a kid which means a goat not a child and dipped his meaning Joseph's coat in its in its blood when he was sold and then it gives another reason. It says, because he, Joseph, accused his brothers of calling the maids children servants. He himself was sold as a servant. And then for saying that they had a close relationship with, relationship with the Gentile women, his master's wife tried to seduce him. And so, so even though we don't know specifically what is in this bad report, we do read, he brought to Jacob then this Lashon Hara. Right. This evil report he brought, he brought rumor and gossip. He brought derogatory and harmful language. Right. In a word, he brought this, the simple indifference of a breath. And yet life, life is, is in them and, and death. Right. Again, it, it, words matter. Now, there is one other place where we read Lashon Hara in the Hebrew text, and it's where Miriam is speaking with Aaron, and they are accusing Moses. It's in Numbers chapter 12. But there are all kinds of warnings all over the the Bible. Warnings against using derogatory and, and harmful language. Leviticus I think gives us one very directly 19 and 16 says you shall not go around as a gossip Right, you shall not go around Spreading rumors you shall not go around using derogatory or harmful Language among your people and you are not to act and that act there speaks again to that idea of slander and rumor and gossip derogatory harmful language against the life of your neighbor We read in Proverbs 11 and 13, we read a gossip, betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Proverbs 12 and 18, the words of the reckless cut like a knife. Quite the image, the words of the reckless cut like a knife, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Now, we could probably spend the whole morning going on and on. Job, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all over the Psalms. The point being, again, a a word spoken, right? It's 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 the very simple indifference of a breath. And yet life is in them and death. This idea that words matter, we read that also in the Talmud, which is that kind of Jewish compendium, that text of, of rabbinic Jewish scholarship. We read there, evil talk is worse than three, than the three cardinal sins of murder, immorality, and idolatry. Of one who indulges in lashan Hara, denies the existence of God, and that the Almighty declares, I and that one cannot live in the same world. And I would suggest to you that it's lashan Hara that is at the backdrop of Jesus' words to us in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 12 and 35, Jesus speaks these words. He says, a good person brings good things out of the good stored up within. And an evil person brings evil things out of the evil stored up within. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word. For every lashan Hara. Right? For every, for every bad report, for every evil report, for every gossip, for every rumor, for every derogatory, for every harmful word. They have spoken. And then he says this, he says, for by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. Right? Again, it's, 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 it's a, a word spoken, right? The simple indifference of a breath the simple indifference of a breath, and yet life is in them. And death. The Apostle Paul, he would have also had Lashon Hara in the backdrop of his mind, part of his backstory, when he writes, Do not let any unwholesome talk. That's Sopros in the Hebrew, or in the, in the Greek. And it's interesting, interesting that speaks to rot and decay. It can be translated bad or evil, right? A bad report, an evil report. Derogatory, harmful language, right? Do not let lashan Hara. Come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful, only what is helpful and helpful here is Agathos. It translates as good. It carries that that idea of positive and uplifting. Do not let Lashon Hara come out of your mouth, but only what is positive, what is uplifting. Right? Building others up. Right? It's a word spoken. The simple indifference of a breath. And life is in them. Right. Life and, and death. Now, I don't know exactly where this hits you today. I think this is probably one of those. Teachings, lessons, passages that hits every one of us. I think it's probably one of, if not the biggest challenge that we face. And so with that in mind, I want to invite us just for a few minutes to to sit together in stillness. And I want to kind of take this from two sides. I want to invite us to to look at it from two sides. One is, and we can think back to last week, that was Parsha of Aishla. And remember Jacob, it said, "Jacob, Jacob was alone. Right, it's that idea of introspection. And so one way to approach this is to spend some time, right, kind of examining the conscience and examining our hearts and our, our minds, e- exploring. Exploring and asking the question, what do what do the words I speak reveal? What do the words that we speak reveal? Right. I mean, we could ask, is it lashañhara? Is, is it is it is it Sapros? Right? Is it words of derogatory, harmful, think rot, decay? Or we could ask, is it, is it agathos? Right? Is it, are my words good and positive and, and uplifting? We, we could ask it this way. We could say, do my words bring life or death to others? Right? Are they gossip and rumors? Or are they, they helpful and good? Again, are they are they derogatory and, and harming, or are they positive and uplifting? We, we, we could think of Proverbs 12. We could ask, do my words cut like a knife, or do they bring healing? And I think it would be good for us to spend some time thinking about, how do I use words? Where have I used words? And, and maybe part of that is for the purpose of reflection and repentance. Repentance. Right. Where have I spoken those words that I need to confess and ask forgiveness? Where I need to repair a relationship, where I need to to reach out and. And then I think the second part of this is to consider what would it look like? To speak only what is helpful for building others up. What would it what would it look like if my words were always Agathos? What would it look like to only choose words of good report? What would it look like to only speak what is positive and, uh, and uplifting? And, and maybe the challenge is, as we go into, I was going to say this week, but maybe just this afternoon to start with, maybe that's long enough. To what would it look like with my, with my family, with my, with my spouse? What would it look like when I, when I go out to, to lunch after service and I'm talking with the waiter or the waitress? What would it look like when I go grab a coffee and I pass someone at the door? What happens when the barista is giving me my, my drink? What about when I'm going out to the mailbox and there's a neighbor nearby? Right? What would it look like? What would it look like in this room? And maybe, because we're going to s- sit in some silence for a few moments, and then Roger will come up and lead us in a closing song, but, but maybe, maybe right now is a, is a chance to practice. And maybe, maybe you have a, a positive, uplifting word to share. Right? A word spoken. It's the simple the simple indifference of a breath, and yet life is in them and death. Joseph was tending the flocks with his brothers, and he brought their father a bad report about them.